Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about art and creativity through the story of the furry princess, and I have the author and the artist for this awesome kids book here, uh, Vicki Crane, the author. Hello, Vicki. Hi. Thanks Welcome. for having us. I'm so excited to have you here. And Christopher Scott Bell. Hello, Chris. Hello. I'm so excited to have you all here. Thank you um, for inviting us. Yeah. This came across my Facebook feed, and I uh, started investigating, as I want to do, and was just so excited to see this awesome book. Um, so before we get too into talking about the furry princess, let's talk a little bit about your backgrounds. We'll start with you, Vicki. Okay. I um, have always been a reader, an avid reader, even as a little kid, and I was a young writer in grade school, and I've always been a dancer. I used to hide in my closet with a flashlight and read <laughs> books and get yelled at like you're supposed to come to dinner but I was like I'm not done with my chapter yet so can you wait yes so I kind of and then when I went to college I studied dance and English so I got my um, my degree in English and then I danced professionally for a while and I was always kind of writing on the side so I started a blog yeah um, a dance blog here in Chicago and then I also wrote for a number of publications here arts and culture dance reviews and a bunch of places and then I Got a job at the Joffrey Ballet for nice. working in marketing. So I do their social media and their websites and their program books. And it's kind of both both worlds wrapped up into one. Yeah, that is lovely. Um, awesome. And then how about you, Chris? Let's hear a little bit about your background. Oh, well, <clears throat> as a young man in Knoxville, Tennessee. No, just kidding. Um, but Chris and I are from the same hometown. Yes, we are. Woo! Go Vols. Go Vols. Um... I have been an artist my entire life. I used to draw, as a kid, I would take books and I would look at pictures and I would do what I could to match what I saw. I have a degree in theater from the University of Tennessee. I've always loved drawing, but I focused on theater for a while. And it wasn't until Vicky came along and asked if I was interested in doing a children's book with her that I actually went, oh, I could make art and, and enjoy it and really like 
maybe make something that I could be known for one day. Yeah. And I love her. <laughs> I do. Both Vicky and I was like, Sasha. Tiger or me? Okay. <laughs> All of the above. Right. Um, well, wonderful. Yeah, that, that's so. I I always think people's journeys are fascinating, so I like to hear them. Um, but let's get into the furry princess. Um, so, what is the furry princess about? Furry Princess is about a young tiger. She's the youngest in the family of tigers, the only girl, and she is about to get her royal tiara. And she's clumsy. She has really big feet, and she trips over them a lot. So she gets her tiara to practice and immediately trips and falls down. So her best friend and her mom convince her to take ballet classes so that she will build self-confidence and be more graceful, and then she won't be so nervous when she gets presented to the kingdom. Ah. Uh. <laughs> That's such a great story. And as a nanny, I watch children literally walk into walls. <laughs> so I do think that kids relate to, I immediately drop this, you know, important thing. And mm. it's not because I don't care about it. It's because my body is changing and growing mm -hmm. and I don't know how to use it yet. So I love that message. Of, she definitely has not grown into her feet yet. Yeah, yeah, and and that you, with practice and dedication and through art, can learn to move more gracefully or move however you want, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be gracefully, necessarily. Absolutely. Um, that's really beautiful. And the core moral is really like learning to believe in yourself, mm -hmm. and you can, really, you can apply that as a, as a child or an adult to anything yeah. you do. So even if it's not dance, if it's you want to try out for sports or you want to learn to draw, you just have to believe in yourself and go for it. Right. And really stick with it, mm -hmm. too. I think that's important. Yeah, you have to put in the work, but believing in yourself is kind of half the battle. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. The, the fake it till you make it, which is really cliche. It's true, though. If you tell yourself that you can do it and then you work, then all of a sudden you're like, how did I do that? Mm -hmm. Like, you... make a book. Like, right. <laughs> you know, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you all are published authors now, right? and that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing started, we we would have dinner like once a week, and we would talk about the manuscript, and I would sketch a little something, and we would break the story apart a little bit and craft it. And but there, there was Chardonnay. There was Chardonnay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, we have an know? episode called Nanny Wine Pairing. Oh, so love. Chardonnay is not. Love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Unbeknownst to us, <laughs> and you know, it's it's taken us years of yeah. uh, of working together and doing this process because we we both have jobs outside of this, so we did this on our own time, right? And I mean, it's just we it's been a learning process. We've yeah. definitely learned what not to do <laughs> many uh -huh. times over, <laughs> but now we know. So yeah, you just gotta go for it and try mm -hmm. it. But yeah, it was. Really long process. I wrote the story in 20, 2003, so wow. 15 years ago, and sent it out to a few publishers and then just put it away for a while until I met Chris and someone, when we started to get to know each other, knew that he was an artist. And then, yeah, so then it kind of really came to life when he started drawing her and making her be real. You know, she lived in my head, but he made her really come to life. So, yeah. 
So why this story? You said, you know, it came to you in 2003, or that's when you started on this journey. Um, I was working at the time, good lord, I probably had four jobs, but one of them was (laughs) working for a production company where I performed and, like, wrangled dancers and and did, like, admin uh, things, but my boss at the time, because I had so many jobs, was like, well, what do you want to do? So I said, I want to write kids' books, just out of the blue, because I always wanted to do it and never thought about it, and I was, you know, Mm -hmm. don't think about it when you're just trying to make a living and (laughs) working. Uh, So he was like, fine, and he wrote Furry Princess on a post-it, because that's what he called his dog. So he just said, okay, here. So I went home and just wrote it and brought it back to him the next day. Wow. It was just in there somewhere, you know, all those years of, I don't know, it just came out. Yeah. And then, yeah. Then 15 years later, now it's really out. (laughs) Right. Right, but that's such an inspiring story of just... You got, like, a prompt, and then... Yeah, absolutely. And then turned it into... A little blue post-it. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I didn't even think about them having blue post-its 15 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Vicky yeah. loves a post-it. Oh, yes, I yeah. love all colors of post-its. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you talked about that this book teaches about, like, the moral of the story is believe in yourself. Are there other things that this story can help highlight for children or teach children? Well, actually, there's a character in the book. So, fun story. Yes. (laughs) The original manuscript that Vicky wrote uh, involved characters that make appearances in the book but don't have any real lines. And other characters were created specifically... Cammy the Crane and Mona the Monkey uh-huh. as two friends for Sasha in the book. Uh, and uh, Sasha is a tiger. I'm not oh, sure that we've gosh. said that no. to this point. <laughs> Maybe at the beginning, but we should yeah. reiterate. Right, she is right. a tiger princess. She is a tiger <laughs> princess. <laughs> it is a world of anthropomorphic creatures <laughs> wearing clothing. Think Zootopia, but not Disney. Right. <laughs> uh, because it worked very hard for it to know. Yeah. But um, I actually went, I forgot to say this earlier, when Vicky first came to me and talked about this book, I told my husband I wanted to actually go back to school for art because something I always wanted to do when I was doing theater back at UT, but the theater program was already taking so much of your life. It does. I put it on the back burner. So I actually went back and got a degree in illustration from the American Academy of Art here in Chicago. And I kind of used the furry princess as a, a basic thesis for my time there. And I told every professor, I was like, anytime that I'm allowed to turn an assignment into something that can be used for this book, I want to do that. Because I would like a little background or a little uh, back and forth. And one of the first things I did was a rendition of the cover, which is Sasha nervous, scared, peering into the dance studio. Who is she looking at in the dance studio? Well, I was like, I think a monkey and a tutu would look really cute. So I picked a black (laughs) spider monkey because I just think they're adorable. They are. (laughs) Uh, And the other one, since Vicky's last name is Crane, I wanted to do a little homage. And so I put a young crane in the cover. And she saw it and she was like, ugh, 
I have to. I I now have to write them into the story, yeah. <laughs> and thus they were born. Yes. So, um, the story is also about friendship in a couple of minor ways. Um, just the love and support that she's got, not just from her family, but from her best friend Cami. Um, Mona is a very mischievous, misunderstood mo- monkey that everyone just thinks she's very moody. <laughs> All M's. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, she's actually my favorite. I mean, I love Sasha. It's her buck. But Mona is one of my favorites. Um, she, in the grander picture, when we've got two more books, uh, (laughs) there's an overall story of friendship between the two of them. Well, really the three of them in all, but with Mona's journey from being that misunderstood, moody person in class that everyone just kind of shuns to... Sasha will eventually become friends with her and kind of help her find her confidence in herself. And I think that's, that's kind of also a smaller part of the book is when you believe you're in yourself, you also realize how many people believe in you and have been trying to help pick you up this entire time. Yeah. And also potentially if you believe in yourself, you can also help foster that in other people. Exactly. It's about making making friends and overcoming your fears because she's terrified to take ballet class and then working really hard towards a goal. Yeah, you know, ballet just in general teaches self self confidence and discipline, and it's you're working on something over and over and over and over and over to try and be better at it. So it's kind of all of those all of those themes kind of wrapped up into one. Yeah, and I love that. And I know um, there are so many kids that are really nervous about taking any kind of class. Absolutely. So I think that this is a really good book to potentially talk to them about when they're going to start their first class Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, You know, whether that's like a Wiggle Worms class here in Chicago or or a ballet class or or really anything, a Mm -hmm. swim class. and kids do take so many classes, and each one is really nerve-wracking. Mm-hmm. And I, I end up telling them about my experience, but I think also giving them this book and sharing that with them would help. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it can be nerve-wracking in, to have to, for lack of a better word, perform in right. front of your peers, whether you're in a ballet class or whether you're just in a, an art class or some, some other kind of thing. To have to be the one that's like, I'm proud of what I'm doing, and this is me, and this is who I am. It's scary, and it's hard for kids and adults. Honestly. Yes. <laughs> I mean. Across the board. Yep. Yes, it really is. So, I love that. Um, and you guys have talked um, about your process, but I love the story of how this came about. Because I think that, I know a lot of my kiddos... I've gone and gotten them, like, blank books from Target. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to Target. Please sponsor me. (laughs) And and they, you know, draw in them, and then they get get into their own, like, groove of, I want to write a book. And so I think sharing with them the story of how you all ended up writing this book and that it took a while but you stuck with it is really important. So can you talk a little bit more about, you know, you started meeting on Tuesdays, you had had this idea in 2003, 
We started meeting on Tuesdays. You went back to school. Take it from there. Uh, well, the original manuscript was probably seven pages long. Yeah. I mean, just words. So we had to go through and, like you said, dissect it to be like, okay, I can dr- he can draw this. You know, Chris would say, okay, I can draw this. And, and you can make it, you can visualize what the story is saying. So we just started cutting words and cutting words and then figuring out, okay, we have to have some. What, what's the most important words to put on the page that will go with the image to move the story along? Or some things that were a little mm. more complicated, like I can't draw that. So we have to have words there. And it was really trying to find a balance. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's a picture book. So the, right. the illustrations are really, really important, you know? I mean, there's a, there's a, there are words behind them, but it's really the illustrations drive it. Right. Yeah. And... Um, in the process, because what, did we take a year and we dissected the whole thing and we, like, I gave Vicky homework on a <laughs> weekly basis of, at one point it was, make an outline. Just make a rough outline of a story that you want to do with her. Uh, her being Sasha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the next week, we'd look at it, we'd talk about it, and we'd say, I'd say, okay, great. Next week... I need you to, to flush out characters. And she'd get mad at me when I'd come in with, like, look at this piece of art. Oh, great. More characters I'm going to have to somehow put in this book. <laughs> yeah. um, Stop adding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, right, writers edit. Writers cut right. out. We don't add. <laughs> right. Well, the, the three brothers, because Sasha's the youngest of four, mm-hmm. um, in the original manuscript had a bigger role. Um, I think they were like, roughhousing and playing and Sasha was watching and wanted to she's kind of tomboyish a little bit too mm-hmm. um, which by the way if any animation studio wants to turn this into a movie <laughs> I'm your man anyway. yes <laughs> anyway um, but you know the brothers kind of got put aside for characters like Cammy and Mona um, we yeah, and if we if we had left in everything, it would be a hundred page book. Right. So and ours is a little bit bigger. Normally they're thirty two pages, and ours is forty. But that's like we're yeah. like we have to have this is it. So, <laughs> right. And since we yeah. were able to, we we learned in the process of do we go to a publisher or do we self publish? If we go to a publisher, there are a lot more guidelines and things that you have to stick to. Whereas self publishing, you get a little wiggle room. So right. that and. I, I've drawn a lot of different scenes for this book. Uh-huh. Uh, some of them have gotten thrown onto the cutting room floor as, as it happens, and some of them have just been updated over time. Um, but I, I mean, love it's... that idea of you almost have to write 100 pages mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. really create a solid world for these characters mm-hmm. to exist in. It's very true. Um, and so I love the idea of of write more and then cut down, um, especially when we're talking to children because mm-hmm. their imaginations go so fast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just go with go with your gut and just, yeah, write as much as you can. If you think it's a silly idea, it, somebody else may think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, right. just you have to put it out there if that's what you want to do. So somebody like Chris will tell you that, no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I mean, I might. I don't think I've said those exact words. It's like 
compromise. <laughs> yes. Um, we could find a better idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But I will say, doing this book together as a collaboration, I think, was a really smart step because doing it individually, I don't know. I, this book would still probably be in process if only one of us was doing it. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know, and, like, and part of the reason that we went towards self-publishing is when I was pitching it and I was doing research, if, if someone bought my story, then they would find an illustrator and I would never meet them or even talk to them and they would draw the book and then both of our names would be on it, but I would have no say in any of it and I didn't like that at all. No. <laughs> I wanted control. Yeah. I wanted somebody that I knew and trusted with the story, with the characters, to do it. So then I was like, let's just do it ourselves, which was a lot of work. Right. And a, and a lot of... Um, <laughs> but I don't, still I don't, worth it in the end. Right. A lot of... I don't understand. I don't see it visually like you do. You're going to have to put it down on paper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like draw it. I don't, I, I don't know how to draw. So you have to show me. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was... Speaking um, a different language. Right. Uh, at one point... Because... In character design, it's like, well, what are the what are all of the characters going to wear in this world of anthropomorphic characters running around talking, dancing, standing on two feet? And, and I had not that had not even crossed my mind. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't know, she's a tiger. She doesn't need clothes. <laughs> right. So originally, each of the girls had their own individualized tutu outfit, mm-hmm. and I had started. Oh gosh, I think it was like six pages in to the first full two-page spread of her first day in class, in ballet class, and I was drawing little tutus and little whatever, and I get a text or a phone call, I don't remember, but it it was like, shouldn't they all be wearing rehearsal clothes? (laughs) Oh, so then I took probably a couple weeks, and I redesigned each character to have a different look, uh, which... Honestly, in the end, I think was great. She's always like, I'm so sorry. I keep telling you you have to redo stuff. I'm so sorry. I'm like, but it gets better every time. Right. You know? Um, and how did that come? That came across because one of the, one of the dancers from Joffrey saw it. You, she's She has printed and posted a couple of things in her cuticle at work <laughs> over, over the time that we've been doing there, this There book. may have been some flamingo drawings posted in, in the... Uh, <laughs> In the dressing rooms at the theater, ballerinas had some up at one point in time. Oh. But yeah, some, one of the dancers said, why, why is she in a tutu? She's in class. And I was like, oh, <laughs> good point. You know, you're, when you're in it too far, you're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. They should be in, they should be in practice clothes unless they're, you know, dan- performing. So yeah, that was a change. But I think it was a change for the better because mm-hmm. I'm just happy how they look. <laughs> right. No, and it is, it's beautiful artwork. Uh and we'll talk about how you can get your own copy at the end of this. Um, I was given one. <laughs> it's signed. No big deal. Um, but yeah, I love that um, that idea of evolving. And I think that that's a really important narrative that doesn't get told a lot to children. And so if you're listening to this as a nanny, I, I'm not saying, like, sit them down and have them listen to this podcast. But I am saying talk to kids about how 
the new uh, Incredibles 2 took 14 years. And it's so pretty. And it's yeah, so pretty. It's but, so you know, it took 14 years and that things don't happen overnight. No. And a lot of times I feel like the media that we are all consuming, but especially children, is montaged. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, and then I just drew it and now it's done. And we don't focus on the story of how many drafts it took and things like that. And so I, I mean, think that's important. I've drawn Sasha thousands of times at this point. Yeah. Literally thousands of times. And she's changed. Because I oh, went on completely. your website and looked at the oh, art. At some of her earlier pictures? Yeah. Oh. And they're all awesome, but it, you know, it took iterations and changes and <laughs> if you hear uh whistling that is my guinea pig pretzel <laughs> she i stood up and she can guest. see me so now she's all like hey hi how are you <laughs> yeah she's all excited so fun story whether if you would like this i can get you this picture if you want to have it yeah so you can see it but this was probably the first real sasha like there are two other like quick little sketches before this one, but this was the first one that like, oh no, look at her big feet, and she's wearing a bow, and you yeah. know, the character came out, and then it got scrapped, because I drew her in every style I could possibly imagine, and out popped <laughs> our <laughs> current awesome. iteration. Yeah, but um, if you want to see that original sketch, go to Chronicles of Nania, um, and I will put that up on Instagram and Facebook and maybe Twitter. You guys know I'm not very good at Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm not either. Yeah. I can do an Instagram and I can do Facebook. Yeah. Only because they're really just connected to the two. (laughs) Exactly. They've teamed up and that's made my life easier. Um, So how can a nanny encourage their little ones to grow their imaginations, to go on journeys like this instead of just flipping tables and giving up? We'll never give up. Right. Understand, I'll come from an artistic point of view. Um, You're going to draw a lot of bad art. I drew a lot of bad art. I still draw bad art, but people like it, so it's fine. (laughs) Uh, But uh, don't give up because you make mistakes and you find happy accidents that you can learn from and actually create your own individual style the way you see the world um for creativity i was told when i was going back through school you know learn as much as you can whatever that means it doesn't necessarily mean to sit and read encyclopedias but go out into the world experience things um if you're wanting to learn how to draw a chair then learn what makes up a chair Right. Or a coffee maker, for lack of a better example at this very moment. <laughs> but, you know, like, if you want to know how to draw something, learn about what you're drawing. I watch all of those. Uh, oh, like about animals Earth. and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, although they're on Netflix. Right. Um, that is wonderful. Have kids, not the scary ones with the underwater, like, right. monsters, but uh, the pretty jungle ones are great. But <laughs> things like that are... For me, when I'm wanting to be inspired, I just watch those and I, I kind of absorb the tales that are in them and then I just sketch whatever I, I can think of with the information I'm given. You know? Yeah. Even I if love it looks that. even if it looks bad, like you're you are utilizing your creativity and your tools and if you don't 
do it, even if it's silly little things, you'll never get better. Right. I need... Well, and sim- similarly with uh, whether it's dancing or writing or anything, if you, if you enjoy it, you have to just keep trying. You're going to be bad at it. You're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a bad week. You're going to be bad at something, but maybe better at something else. And just, if you enjoy it, keep doing it. And your life may take you on way different paths and different journeys. I've had a hundred million jobs before this, and I have a job now. So I try and find little bits within all of that to find something creative that makes me happy. You know, and Mm -hmm. yeah, let them explore everything look at everything. If you want to write, write. If you want to just go out and see the world and, and absorb as much as you can and just figure out figure out what that thing is that makes you happy and do it, even if you're not good at it. Yeah. Do it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be your career or your job. It's just a way to be creative and make yourself happy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. And uh, we have an episode um, called uh, How to Respond to I'm Bored. And in it, uh, our guest, Leah Fryers, talked about how her mom used to say, ooh, boredom. What does it taste like? (laughs) (laughs) What color is boredom? And, like, that was her response to it, and they had to go make art based on (laughs) the fact that they said that they were bored. But that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and Leah's a very creative person, so it it took. Um, And her whole family is pretty creative, so... Uh, I think that idea of just encouraging exploration mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I would never have thought about, you know, if you want to draw a coffee maker, researching how a coffee maker is right. built, but that's so important. Well, and it's funny because I had, there were a lot of little aha moments when I was going to the academy and that was one of them of like, what do you, oh, okay, it makes sense. If I want to know how to draw something, I really do need to know how it works. Let me go look at a coffee maker. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a, a suggestion for helping kids with their imagination is just giving them something like draw a dog bird or draw a, you know, just give them a suggestion and let them just go crazy without however they want to do it. You know, yeah. and even if, even if a kid says it doesn't look right, it, it's your imagination. You're the one that's creating it. No one can tell you whether it's right or wrong. Yeah, and I also love the idea of a dog bird, <laughs> where yes. it's like, it's give different. him something that's that's not real, so there is no right or wrong, because mm-hmm. it's not real. I mean, so, did you ever watch the show as a kid called The Wuzzles? No. It was, okay, so, <laughs> fun story. It was a show Disney did, it was very short-lived, there were some kids' books, because it was from when I was a little kid, but they literally took two different animals, put them together. Oh. And it was a whole little town full of these, like a bumblebee and a lion. Nice. Uh, A hippo and a rabbit. Uh Uh-huh. A monkey and a rhino. Okay. And then there was like a kangaroo and an elephant. Wow. Like just some crazy things. And everyone had wings. Yes. So, you know, it sounds crazy, but... Who cares? Put it together, have fun with it, and create whatever you want. Yeah. You know? I love that. I love that idea. If you're with your nanny kids right now and they're of drawing age, have them draw a made-up animal. (laughs) 
And I'd also say not only for writers, but just for to spark imagination in kids. I'm a huge advocate of just reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reading to them, having them read. You get to explore completely different worlds that you would never even, that you couldn't imagine, and then it will make you imagine them, and you can build them in your own mind. And that's part of why I wanted to do a book way back in the days, especially now where kids are on their phone and playing a game, or they're, you know, they're on social media even at a young age. Like, I really want to not bring back, but have something that they can hold and, like, turn the page and actually interact with that's right. not just a digital something. Right. So Nothing against Kindle books, your wonderful full novels, but when it comes to a children's <laughs> picture book, no. Yes. Completely agree. <laughs> um, wonderful. All right. How can listeners get their paws on a copy of this book? Well, if they go to our website, thefurryprincess.com, mm-hmm. all one word, lowercase. And all words are spelled the way you think they're spelled. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, they can be able to go on the, onto the website. There are a bunch of different um, areas where you can learn about characters. You can learn about the two of us. And there's the store where you can get the book. Awesome. There is an option if um, parents or nannies want to do a dedication for the child in the book. They can, put, they can print it in there, and we will make sure that it is written in the book. Nice. That's a really special gift. Well, you know, that's the fun part about self-publishing is right. we can be able to do something fun like that that's not... You can't go on Amazon and buy a book and be like, I want to give this to my great Aunt Hilda <laughs> with love. You can get a little note, but you can't have it in a book. Right. So that's that just a little something extra we like to do. Um, yeah. yeah, that's wonderful. And I, I was talking... Uh, with Vicky and Chris before we started recording about how, you know, as nannies, we're often in search of new books because there's only so many times the cat in the hat can be read before, <laughs> I mean, I've basically memorized it. So this is a really great new book that you can bring into a child's life. Um, and, you know, there are tons and tons and tons of books in the world, um, but I feel like we're hitting the same ones over and over. I know I get in ruts, and kids get in ruts, and I think it is great to support a book that is new and is telling a story from a new point of view um, instead of the same one (laughs) over and over and over. Um, So, yeah, I do highly encourage you to, to... Get your paws on this book. (laughs) Awesome. Well, um, thank you all so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. Um, Oh, before we end, we end with a fun, cute story. Um, And... Oh, I have one. Chris has brought one. (laughs) So, today is... A Tuesday. It is Tiger Tuesday. Every Tuesday is Tiger Tuesday, which is our social media celebration day. Our hashtag. Yes. yes. I keep hitting your table. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> and today, before coming here, I actually went to uh, a friend of mine is a teacher at a preschool. And so I went and did our first book reading with, there was about 18 to 20 kids. Preschool to first grade, I think. Great. Uh, super sweet. Um, they had already read the book twice or Aww. had it read to them, I should say. And 
so it was really sweet. It was wonderful. They were very excited. And as I'm reading the book, I, I'm reading it upside down. I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, what's the best way to be able to show all the kids, all the illustrations. And so I paraphrase one or two lines and I was corrected by multiple children that that is not what is in the book. <laughs> so you were correct. Thank you for that. You cannot fool them. Not at <laughs> all. And amazing how quickly they either memorized it or if they could read. Or... Oh my gosh. And yeah. I mean, as I'm reading the book, they'd be like, oh, this is happening. She's doing this. And it's like, you, you guys really are paying attention to this book. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, so it was, it was really energizing and wonderful and Vicky came in towards uh, the latter half of it when we were doing a little let's draw Sasha Aww. Uh, which there was a little little boy no name a uh, little boy very sweet he tried to draw because I, I did it in a little quick step-by-step -step. here's a circle draw an X put the eyes here's where the nose goes and the mouth and he did it like three or four times and I guess he didn't like it because at one point when we were getting all the kids to hold up their drawings, he was sitting at the table without a drawing because he he crumbled it up and threw it away because he didn't think it was good. Oh. So we pulled it out of the trash and kind of ironed it out and had him go stand and, and show it because it, it was cute. Like, you know. Yeah. So he and I had a little discussion about don't give up. Right. Just, just keep doing it. Trust me, I've drawn a lot of circles with a lot of X's in them, and they've looked horrible. <laughs> you do much better work than I do. So, <laughs> yeah. But he was very sweet, and, and I hope he continues to draw. Yeah, and what a good lesson in um, overcoming perfectionism. Because, mm -hmm. man, as a nanny, I mean, we have episodes about it, but... Uh, perfectionism is rampant in kids, especially now, mm -hmm. um, when you have to test to get into preschool, you know? Yeah. And so, I know, it's hard. And so, I, I do think that art is really the key to that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of methods to overcoming perfectionism, as I have suffered from perfectionism for years and years. Um, but I, I do think art is really one of the best ways to, to click into that you don't have to do it perfectly for it to be worthwhile. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, the more imperfect a lot of times, the more worthwhile. So. Exactly. It makes it unique. It does. It does. So... Well, wonderful. That was a great story. Thank you so much. Uh -huh. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you all for being here. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.